Welcome to the RAS Life, a podcast by RAS Extension. Hi, I'm Charlton. And I'm Harriet. And we're Extension Officers for the Australian RAS industry. Each week, we'll bring you a conversation that's connecting growers with research, technology and best practice. In this pre-season update, we hear from Malcolm Taylor about the latest research. Thanks, everybody. Um, no prizes for guessing what I'm here to talk about because when we have a big rice season, we have lots of weeds. Uh, so I'll get straight into it. What I wanted to talk to you about was uh, some general considerations and then some specifics relating to this year. So uh, let's start off with uh, something that many are familiar with, that herbicide resistance in rice is not a concept, it's a reality. Uh, there is widespread resistance to Londax. Fortunately, we don't have any documentation of resistance to other modes of action. That's not to say they're not there and it's not to say they won't come along, but our practices revolve, amongst other things, of delivering multiple modes of action on the same cohort of weeds each year. Uh, we try not to do the same things on the same paddock year on year and by going early on small weeds with the full rates, you get a effective kill. So those are basic elements in resistance management. Uh, one thing to consider this year is the potential for carryover of winter crop herbicides into rice. That's an experiment at Old Corrie last summer, um, which you can see uh, the secure treatments there were highly damaging to rice. So that information and some of the other materials, there's a couple of good case there, and a couple of group Bs, the Immies, they're very damaging and that's spelt out in the Rice Crop Protection Guide. So have a look at that if you are concerned. Um, we've also seen commercially evidence of triazine carryover and sometimes some sulfonylureas. That can be particularly uh, problematic on alkaline soils. Just be careful of those. So coming out of canola, for instance, just be cautious that you don't have a triazine carry over and look at your plant back recommendations in the crop protection guide. So a little bit of talk on water seeding, uh, how you set up the field now will have a fair impact on the success going forward. So an ability to get water on and get water off the field quickly is important. Now's the time to be thinking about that and having solid banks that are not going to blow out and end up with the chemical at the bottom of the field and the top of the field exposed. So those are things to think through. Also, the speed at which you fill will be influenced by how the uh, clods on the field. So if you can really Californian one, we can do the same thing with some rubber tyres uh, or a ridge roller. So that has the effect of being able to cover the field with less water and hence fill up more quickly. Uh, and importantly, before making sure there are no transplanted barnyard grass there because those transplants would become the most competitive weeds and also the most difficult and expensive to control. So some glyphosate just prior to uh, pre-sow workings uh, is a really good investment, making sure that any of the barnyard grass, which is likely to be germinating now, um, would not be present when you go to flood the field or to drill sow it. And 
So for, that's what I've just specified there about using glyphosate pre-drilling of urea. And then set yourself some targets because if you can fill that block quickly, there's a greater synchrony between the rice and weed development that makes it much easier to time treatments. Uh, and similarly, getting bloodworms in treatments on time because it's the emerging radical from the seed that's susceptible to bloodworm feeding. So you need to cover that uh, with an insecticide uh, just immediately after sowing. And that, of course, is an opportunity typically to deliver a herbicide into floodwater anyway. Uh, I happen to think that dry broadcast seeding is world's worst practice in rice production. Others may disagree, but I think that you'd be better off pre-germinating uh, and getting in early for barnyard grass um, for the reasons I've just explained. And then this thinking about delivery of herbicides. Well, uh, weed pressures vary within the block, typically according to contours with the shallow areas having the worst weed challenges. So there is an ability to vary the dose rate. Um, that can be done from the ground or it can be done from air. Uh, and knowing which is the high side of the base is important for any uh, aerial operator so that they can vary the dose within the field. And bear in mind that effective dose is both uh, is a, a function of the target concentration, the rate that you deliver, and the amount of time you retain it in the target zone. So given there is a rush of initial percolation when the field is flooded, it stands to reason that once that slows down, if you can deliver your herbicide at that point, you're going to lose less from the site through deep percolation. So timing becomes important as does lockups. Uh, so I mentioned lockups. Uh, make sure your stops are not leaking because if they leak, they'll dilute. Uh, treated water and hence you'll get weed breakouts there. And we have a mandatory 28-day uh, drainage withholding period to stop chemical from leaving the site and going into surface drains. In the case of drill seeding, um, seed bed preparation should already have occurred perhaps by now and making sure that it's clean when you come to seed it and if you seed it with tines, endeavour to flatten the clods because that'll give you a more even surface to deliver residual treatments into the crop. Uh, if you are coming in a recrop situation where you have a lot of stubble on the field, that's a lousy situation for uh, residual herbicides, particularly stomp, which is lipophilic. So if you can remove that sort of stubble, even something as simple as a uh, grading blade going over it will endeavour to uh, bury a lot of the stubble and ash in that case, and you'll get a better result with the residual treatments. Um, which I've just pointed out there, and uh, as I started off initially, just bear in mind any prior crop herbicide history uh, because you don't want to be sowing into a field that's effectively is poisoned from a rice perspective. Um, we've got excellent systems for sowing at target depth. If you flush rather than wait for rain or use seed bed moisture, you'll get a more even germination. And uh, a lot of experimental data and uh, plenty of commercial practice shows that the so-called three-way mix 
delivered prior after the first flush, but prior to crop emergence. Gives you a really good result. Um, that relies on trafficability of the field because a paraquat treatment can't be delivered from the air, nor can a Manchester, uh, except through a Bickley boom, which is not suitable in this situation. So you've got to have trafficability of the field receives a rain event after the first flush and your trafficability is delayed, it's still well worthwhile putting on the Magister Stomp component. You'll have to leave the Gramoxone out if the crop has emerged. But that's shown in uh, various experiences that the Magister Stomp is still a worthwhile treatment, even though the crop's emerging. And hopefully you'll get a nice even emergence with new wheat. Uh, there's then a requirement to keep an eye on that because good things don't last forever. Uh, if you are going to a delayed permanent flood, there's more than likely you will get late weeds and have to come back with a additional herbicide. So it could be a jigsaw or aura. And in each case, you can add some stomp to that to get longer to residual if you need it. Otherwise, you may choose to go to uh, permanent water at an earlier stage and you may indeed get away with the three-way mix alone. More often But ultimately, you want to be delivering treatments on time so you're not faced with massive populations of barnyard grass and perhaps the crop not ready for permanent water. Uh, bear in mind there's issues with a lot of these herbicide treatments in relation to drift. Uh, obviously, if you drill so, you can contemplate ground applications with an inherently lower risk of off-target drift. In the case of water seeding, you can use a Bickley boom uh, or the uh, helicopter deriv derivative of that for flood water applications and avoid drift that way. Uh, there's one for a fixed wing, uh, similar opera, similar situation for uh, rotary aircraft. Um, if you then have to contemplate retreatment with the late post treatments, such as uh, a, a Jixa, Aura, uh, Basagran MCPA, uh, Basagran M60, sorry, or MCPA, they have an inherent drift risk. Uh, and so because they've got to be atomized, so you've then got to start contemplating atmospherics and wind direction. So when contemplating which way to sow, there's a lot of issues, not just which one you prefer and are happy with over time, but uh, there's a much broader series of criteria about why you would choose one over the other don't think we've got time or the place here to be contemplating all that, but it'll vary for everyone's farm. Throw into that also the possibility of herbicide availability. We'll get onto that in a minute. Within the Rice Crop Protection Guide, there are, there's a lot of detail, and these are the materials listed on the left-hand side there with a strength and weaknesses analysis for these purposes. So for grass herbicides, you've got various options there that can be the delivered into flood with the Bickley boom or atomized from the air. Uh, for broadleaf herbicides and sedges, you've got a range there, many of which you might be familiar with, some newer ones such as Ubenic uh, in flood, 
uh, gator in flood or sharpened in flood, gator and sharpened are group Gs. Uh, gator's been around for a while. It has not excelled in that regard. Sharpened is newly registered uh, through a lot of work funded through AgriFutures. Uh, that will go into commercial scale testing this season. So uh, that's a new one for that purpose. And in drill seeding, again, we've got treatments to apply before sowing or prior to crop emergence and then early post, uh, and then some residuals as well, such as magister and stomp, and then the later post treatments of jigsa or aura. You'll hear more about a jigsa shortly. So what happens if we have a large crop and insufficient herbicides? That's when things get trickier. So that will come into play in your thinking about seeding method. Which products do you need? Try and anticipate those and see whether you can secure them. And then if we're faced with shortages, we can think about some options for stretching things. As I've said, change your sewing technique but whatever you do, work with product strengths. So obviously start with clean seed beds, we'll talk about that. Uh, order and rates can be lowered if you go earlier. And if you're going earlier, having filled up quickly with a clean seed bed allows you to go to a lower rate reliably. Uh, split satin treatments can be used in a similar vein, although they are not good if you have established barnyard grass. So that early glyphosate, <coughs> excuse me, it's really important to come up with a clean or, or aggressive cultivations. Important to come up with a clean seedbed with no uh, transplanted barnyard grass and then those options become available to you. Um, both of those will suppress dirty dora, particularly the satin-based treatments. Uh, Magister is spectacularly useful in drill sown crops it is less so in water-seeded rice because it doesn't suppress the dora in the way that Audram or Satin does. In the case of Taipan, if you try and start dropping rates, the starfruit and dora will come away very quickly. Uh, and so there really isn't much potential, I think, there in terms of modifying rates of Taipan. Um, the rate that was chosen on the label was considerably less than what the Japanese used in their transplanted rice. So there's not a lot of fat in the system. Uh, but the timing of the Taipan becomes important because it's a primarily a pre-emergence treatment. So if you can get it on within 10 days of flooding, you'll get a much better result. Then there is new options now for using eubenic uh, to take out broad leaves and suppress sedges uh, and where Eubenic is combined with satin, you get a much better result on Dirty Dora. I'll look at that in a minute. Uh, if you're then having to resort to atomized treatments later in the season, such as MCPA or M60, there is the potential to lose some crop yield with early competition. <coughs> uh, MCPA sodium is rather damaging to rice. But importantly, those treatments require contact on the weeds, so you've got to lower the flood water. Uh, and where you lower flood water, you're then often hanging around waiting for the right wind direction. Uh, so you may well end up with late 
barnyard grass germinations on the high points in the bays. So uh, they are options, but they're not without their hazards. And again, if you can start managing water on and off quickly, it, it increases your options of successfully using these things. Here's a trial that was run, results from a trial that was run last season, and uh, it is cumulative weed control. So there are five different species uh, using the barcodes of Kynoclara, Cruscully, or Barnyard Grass, Dirty Dora, Green is Starfruit, Purple is Arrowhead, and the Blue is Amania or Jerry Jerry. So they're added one on top of each other, and you can see from left to right that the old standard Aldram Londax fell away badly on Dirty Dora uh, and also Arrowhead. Uh, this commercial standard Audrain Taipan was pretty good all round, except that it let the Jerry Jerry through. If we switched from Audrain to Magister with Taipan, I got a poorer result because uh, there was more Dirty Dora in that treatment than the Audrain treatment. And then uh, there's a sharpened treatment, which uh, was quite reasonable on most things, except for Jerry Jerry. And then you see the eubenic treatments either applied at three low stage, stage either after Audram or in a combination with satin after Audram or combination with satin after Magister. And all three excelled. So it's a demonstration that there are newer treatments there that'll give us excellent results in water seeded rice. I couldn't get a plot header into that site, but I did rate them on yield potential. And you can see that some of those alternative treatments I've just been talking about were up there or better than uh, or the Audran Taipan standard. So there's promise there in alternative programs. I mentioned Sharpen or Safrafenicil. That's now registered. It was tested for a long time in our trials, uh, but it misses Jerry Jerry. Uh, and that has not been commercially evaluated yet in, on a large scale. We didn't have MRLs available, and then we had some pretty lean years. So that will now go into commercial scale. It should not be used on commercial scale evaluation. It should not be used on long grains and don't mix it with oil or magister. There's another group, G, there that's been registered for some time. It falls short on starfruit and dora. Um, and it is pretty harsh on the crop. Uh, that's the same active ingredient as shark in California. They chose shark because they didn't have anything else and they didn't have taipan. So it has not excelled itself, but it is a, an available option if things got really short. But again, delivered into float. We talked earlier about MCPA and M60 uh, and also a Jixa as potentially having drift hazards and having to drop the water. In the case of a Jixa, you've got excellent grass and broadleaf control, but it's weak on dirty Dora. Uh, conversely, Aura is good on grass weeds, doesn't take out broadleafs, but it has a lower drift hazard potentially on the broadleaf crops because it doesn't have the group I component in that. But those are the considerations where you have to go later if you've missed weed control earlier on in the season in water seeding. So ultimately, we're trying to get the crop through to canopy closure. 
which is typically 50 or 60 days after seeding. So in the case of drill sown crops, um, it's the early weed competition we want to keep out. So the three-way mix really delivers you excellent value in terms of keeping out early competition. As I mentioned before, if your trafficability is impaired and you can't get on before the, the uh, crop comes through, just drop the gramoxone out and still run with the matches to stop. You'll get good value out of that. You can always clean up any late uh, sorry, any uh, large barnyard grass that survived that magister stomp with an ajixa or an aura later on. Uh, but in most cases, you probably won't need to, although depending on how late you go with permanent water, and there is that option you can go earlier with the permanent water if you're wanting to avoid those late weed germinations. But certainly uh, the three-way mix followed by ajixa has been uh, spectacularly and consistently effective in uh, trilsone rice and has uh, done so in situations of delayed permanent water as well. There's an example, a uh, very accurately applied stuffer where the boom width was shorter than the swath width on the GPS and you can see the effect of the three-way mix taking out the barnyard grass on the left and right side of the miss. So in summary, um, have a think about your sowing method in relation to your herbicide delivery options and the adjoining crops uh, because drill seeding obviously allows you to get on with ground rigs. Water seeding is going to require aerial applications. They'll preferably be delivered into flood water uh, and therefore not require atomization. Uh, you can do things to help yourself by cleaning up channels and drains at the moment, uh, and that will allow you to move water more effectively if you need to. Um, try and see what's around now about herbicide requirements. It's no good looking and not finding anything in the warehouse. Uh, and plan your programs now. Uh, and bloodworms, don't forget bloodworms at sowing. It's a really good investment to put a little bit of insecticide with a treatment into flood water for water seeding rice. That's really what I wanted to cover. I'm happy to wield some, uh, to field some questions. Please rate, review or subscribe or share it to social media as this gives our podcast more exposure and we can share it with the wider industry. Until next time, have a rice day.